0: Welcome back to the PrePT Grind podcast. Before we begin, we would like to say thank you to all of our followers for their endless support. We would also like to invite you to take part in our Pay It Forward essay exchange. We would like to reach as many students as possible and would love your help. Email us your PT essays for review at preptgrind at gmail.com. In exchange, we kindly ask that you give us a Facebook review at facebook.com slash the Grind. Partner with us to impact and help as many pre-PT students as possible on this amazing journey. Thank you once again for all of your support. Enjoy the rest of the episode.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Casey and Joseph on another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform into becoming not only the best DPT student you can be, but also the best future physical therapist you can be as well. On this episode, we have a special guest. Her name is Alyssa Dickens. As you can probably tell by the title, she has a very powerful story that can help you wherever you are on your journey. So join us as we welcome Miss Alyssa Dickens.
2: Woo! Hello!
1: <laughs> hey, hey.
0: Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, and so some of you may be familiar with Alyssa's name. Not too long ago, a blog she had written was posted on the pre-doctor physical therapy students page, which led to a lot of responses, it sounds like. Right, Alyssa?
2: A lot of responses. My email, my Facebook has been getting messages from people who are applying or who have applied mm. and in the same situation as I, I was in, and it's awesome.
0: The conversation we're going to be having is one that a lot of people really do need to hear. Um, in terms of encouragement and looking up to someone who was a pre-PT student, went through a jungle of her own, and is now a third-year physical therapy student. But Really, what led you physical therapy? So physical
2: therapy, I talked about this in one of my blog posts. I've kind of had my mindset on it since a young age. In sixth grade, yeah. I already was like, I'm going to be a physical therapist. And kind of back then, it was more for different reasons. I went through physical therapy for some knee injuries of my own. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, he gets to play games with me and help me get better so I can get back to basketball. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I want to help other people get back to, like, their sport. And so it started as that. And then I kind of got into the more just traditional outpatient ortho. And I was like, okay, so it's not just for athletes. Like, it's for anybody. And I thought that was really cool. Throughout undergrad, like my eyes were set on it. It was have to do my prereqs and everything. After undergrad, I really fell in love with pediatric physical therapy. I had the work as a rehab tech at a pediatric outpatient facility and I fell in love. Like it was a whole new, like a whole other ball game. It was physical therapy that I loved, but even better because it was for these kids that hearts were bigger than you can imagine. And from there it was like, Everything was solidified and, you know, physical therapy was for me, not just because of getting someone back to an injury anymore, but now just somebody who needs therapy to help them in their everyday life.
1: Yeah, after you chose physical therapy, how was that application process? You were like, okay, PT is what I want to do. So, so now, now what do I do after that?
2: Right. So I graduated um, in April with my, b- with my bachelor's and I was like, okay, so I'll just start PT school in the fall. I didn't even... It take the time to realize that you can't just apply and then start a couple of months later. So I started then applying for the following year, and the application process was a bear compared to what I thought it would be. And I think that that kind of contributes a lot to why I ended up applying a second year is I just kind of was like, all right, I'm going to have everything I have and just throw it in there and put it together and like they'll know I want to be a physical therapist, I'll get in. So the first round of applications was definitely not my best thought out. My heart was in the right place, but I just didn't realize, you know, how competitive it was and what like the doctorate level of physical therapy is serious. So when I yeah. applied for the second year, that's when I really made a lot of changes. And that year I took it how I think most people take it more seriously and really took time into my references and retaking taking classes, putting a lot of work for
1: that second year. So, we talked about your, your blog a little bit earlier, but for the people who, who didn't read it and are saying, okay, she applied the first time, and right, then she okay. applied again the second time. So, what happened the first time, and, and, and why is she on the podcast? So, can you give us right. a little summary about, <laughs> okay. about like the struggle the first time and how people yeah. can learn so from that?
2: My first year, I applied to nine programs on um, the state of Florida. I knew I wanted to stay in Florida. That's where I'm from, or my family's from. So, I applied, and probably around August, September, my application was in and, you know, I was waiting for my responses to come back and the rejections just slowly started trickling in. And, you know, that first one was kind of like, okay, you still have eight more schools. That wasn't your first choice. It's okay. And once you get to like rejection number two, three, four, and then all of a sudden you're at rejection number eight and you're like just waiting for that last one, like that's when I really started to realize that there was a lot of work that needed to be done just to make myself a better applicant and to display to physical therapy programs in UM specifically, University of Miami, that this was what I wanted. And that last rejection letter, I spoke about it in my blog. It came in on a Friday night. Or Well, Friday during the day and I got it Friday night. I opened it. I cried my eyes out. And then I, that night I wrote my essay that ultimately ended up getting me into University of Miami the next year. And it was just like, after nine rejections, you have to change something. And that was when I started the changes at first so then I applied again to nine more schools the next year the same nine schools actually and the rejection letters, same thing they kept coming and I was like I made all these changes I put in all this work I'm getting like the same results I don't understand and my first glimmer of hope was being put on the waiting list for University of Miami as people who are applying or who have applied know like the waiting list is that halfway point we're like okay they noticed me but like I'm not quite there yet So I spent two more months on the waiting list and then ultimately got that one acceptance. So out of the 18 applications, there was one acceptance to my top choice school and 17 rejections. That's kind of where that first blog post came from. (laughs) As it was happening, I didn't realize it was that high of a
0: number. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah, it just kind of builds up. But I'm curious, what kept you going? Because 18 applications is quite a few. I mean, it's also not
2: cheap. So I think the, I mean, first thing that definitely was, is my family. Um, my sister, she suffered from a neurological illness a couple of years before I applied. And just yeah. knowing that, like, I told her I'm going to be a physical therapist one day. I'm going to help people like you. Like it was like, Oh, so you can't just go back on that. It's, it's a promise you made to yourself, to your family, like you're going to make it happen. And that was the bigger picture. But in the day to day at my job where I was the rehab tech at the PEDS facility, every day being surrounded by my dream, it wasn't an option for me to just change my mind and say, okay, I'll do this instead. Or maybe I'll go back and change my major. Like I was surrounded by exactly what I wanted to be doing. And all of that... Mm -hmm knew like this is what you're meant to do so the patients like some of those families they became like the little voice in my ear they'd be like you're gonna be his next therapist once these therapists are old and like it was just little things like that like honestly there wasn't an option for me to do something different like I didn't accept plan b at all
0: thing is not a lot of people have what you had in terms of right. uh, the environment that reminds you why you're trying to go into that profession <laughs> yeah. why it, it was so clear that it did not matter whether it took three applications or 18. Right. You were gonna keep going until you got your chance. When the project that later led to what is now pre P T grind was initiated, it was because mm-hmm. there was some students that got some advice, um, I guess that's what it was called, got some advice from some faculty members that physical uh-huh. therapy might not be for them because oh, wow. their GPA mm-hmm. wasn't the highest or whatnot. Right. So for that student, well, what do you tell them? Like where do they find their inspiration, their motivation, yeah. or what would you tell them right now, based on your experience, based on how you felt?
2: The first thing I would tell them is I was told that more than once. So I, you know, after applying to those schools, I decided to reach back out to every single one of them and whether it was driving to campus and meeting with them, an email or a phone call. And more than I can count on one hand, I was told that maybe you should look into something different. Like maybe this is wow. too challenging for you. So I, I know how it feels to have that told. So for someone who has been told that and maybe doesn't have the lucky environment that I was in, I would say it's just about like really digging deep as to why you want to be a physical therapist. Because I, from experience of all the people in my program, None of us have a superficial, shallow answer. Every PT student, PT I've met, they have like a passionate reason as to why they got into physical therapy. And I think that you just have to really dig back and remind yourself of like why you're doing it. And as many times as it takes, like if you have to retake the GRE cough cough three times because I did, it's just got to keep pushing. And like for anyone, and it's not even just for applying to PT school, but once you're in the program, maybe you're not getting the best grades. Maybe you're not the top student or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just not accepting your failure as a failure because that's what my parents kind of forced me to do. They're like, stop looking at this as a negative. Like, this is just telling you you have to work a little harder or a little different. So I think that that's the main thing. It's just staying positive and focused on why you want to do it. Because if you have a solid reason, you're not going to give up.
1: So after you applied the first time, for the second round, like what changes did you make? You, you were talking about the changes you made and how to yeah. improve your application. What were, What was that?
2: So like I said, after I applied the first time, I tried to meet with the admissions coordinator, whoever would listen to me, just so that I could see like, what did you guys see on my application when you opened it up that was kind of like, okay, this is not up to par. Specifically, I'll talk about University of Miami because that's where I ended up. So I went and I spoke with the admissions coordinator and I was like, here's my old application, show me what I can improve. And I started there. So she told me, you have like, you know, a couple of classes that are the core classes for physical therapy that you don't have an A in. And honestly, that's a big factor. And she was like, your GRE score is right at that cusp of like our bottom, like, you know, right where it's the minimum requirement. And the average of, you know, they'll say, okay, you need, I think it was a 300 or something like that to apply. But then the average of what actually gets in is like well above that. So the first thing I did was go back to the drawing board to study for the GRE and retake that. And I enrolled in a couple of classes that I had a B in just so that I could retake it and get an A. I spoke with a lot of programs to make sure, like, will you erase my first class? Or are you going to average them together and figured out, you know, how to make the best out of retaking them? So that was kind of the easy, like, academic way to make myself better. And I also really took the time to, in that second essay, I made it more personable Because she told me, like, you have a great story when I came there. And she was like, Your essay just doesn't speak to the character that I see in front of me right now. So I kind of just took that and ran with it. I wrote an essay that was all about my sister and it was about how physical therapy has changed her life and how I want to change others' lives with it. And I dug pretty deep for it. In the interview, I kind of was the same thing. I was truly myself. And I think that my personality, came out more in like confidence of even having the interview because I was like, Hey, they actually want me here. So I definitely did, you know, the personal route of putting my real reason out there, not a superficial reason. And lastly, I really tried to observe different settings of physical therapy because I knew that most people just know the outpatient ortho setting And I was like, you know, explore the other settings and have that knowledge under my belt. And the other therapists that are in different settings, like I think that'll make me Mm -hmm. more well-rounded. And I was told during my interview, oh, it's great that you went to so many different settings. So I think that was a direct correlation of showing that I put the time in after reapplying to retake the classes. To go to more settings, to write a better essay. And I also was very persistent in keeping in contact with the admissions coordinator, sending follow-up right. emails, you know, making sure that I was doing everything I needed to be doing. And so that she wasn't like, oh, this girl just came to reapply. Like She knew I was serious about it. And I wanted to portray that.
0: That's also just that about if all you're using to really set you apart is the fact that you were a diligent student and you had decent grades and whatnot, someone's going to come in with something a little more and they're going to forget about you. Um, and you don't want that to happen. So now what is it that sets you apart? And for you, easy, your sister, right? And and some of the core things that really uh, drew you to the profession, drew you to healthcare, drew you to just being able to help people achieve what they want to achieve with their with their lives and so uh yeah once you're able to highlight that with all that combined you have to really want it and I think this is where you had mentioned it before about using very superficial statements oh why do you want to be a physical therapist I want to help people yeah (laughs) come on man like (laughs)
2: Like (laughs) you can do
0: that in so many different ways exactly so so once you know why like identifying that why that will like you you can move mountains with that
2: yeah, once I got in there, um, I wrote myself a little sticky note, the first day of class, like stuck it above my desk. And it was like, you earned it, don't take this for granted. Because after mm. two of everything I went through, I wasn't going to let, you know, the discouragement of how difficult that first semester is, knock me off my feet. Yeah. Or I wasn't going to start yeah. thinking like, oh, this is so hard. This is because as hard as the application process was, that was the easiest part. Because once you're in PT school, we all know it's just, it's challenge after challenge. Oh, you got to
0: stay in now.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like now I can't let down the people that believed in me, the people that, you know, my professor that ended up interviewing me, he was like in the back of my head at all the time. So I was like, I can't let him yeah. down. I let him down. Yeah. <laughs> because he really, you know, he came out there for me.
1: Now now when you reapplied the second time did you did you mention to the schools other than Miami because I think you mentioned you went to the administrator and asked you know what can you improve on but for the other schools yeah. did you did you mention that you're reapplying and if so do you think that helped you or or hurt you
2: I did um for each of the applications I did say in here you you know, this is my second application. I spoke about how I improved my application, how I improved myself and all those things. And I think in some cases, it was viewed as a weakness. I was told by one program, like, yeah, usually we don't really look at the reapplicants because the first time around, usually they weren't ready. So we go with people who are ready right away. Whereas with University of Miami, I kind of had the opposite impression. And a couple other programs also, I felt like they were more like, okay, if you decide to go through that whole process again, because we all know the application process isn't fun, that you're taking it seriously. And the people who apply the second time, and I know there are a couple of people in my program and in my class that it was their second time, they obviously already are taking it a little bit more seriously. And I think that's, you know, a positive trait to have in a student in the program as people who don't take oh. it seriously might not last. So I definitely cool. I didn't try to cover it. I was really transparent to the fact this is my second application, and I used it as yeah. a way to say I recognize my weaknesses and I improved on them, and I hoped that that was you know a positive in their eyes.
1: Yeah, because we get a lot of questions about that, especially in the form of uh, personal essays that are sent to us and things like that, mm-hmm. and and kind of in the same in the same format. And another question on the ptcast application where they ask you know do your grades reflect uh what you can really do and they're like okay should i should i say my weaknesses are they going to help me or should i just kind of right. hide behind something and and we're them. Them like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so so that was that was that was a great question I mean, that was a, that that was a great answer
2: to my question. <laughs> that yeah, great... that question got me too. I was like, yeah. okay, I can really tell them how weak I am right now yeah. um, in this question, but I don't want to, you know, focus on it too much. But I think that question is a good opportunity to speak on why you found it important to improve those grades. Because you have to acknowledge that, okay, I didn't do so hot the first time around, but there was something in you that was able to do better. So if you can explain... Oh. What it was, and for me, that was realizing that, you know, I needed to put forth my best to be where I wanted to be, and I think that yeah. that was taken as a positive, and they realized, okay, yeah. she's full cool of getting good grades. She just, it, she was younger and maybe didn't realize how important it was, which I didn't.
0: <laughs> you either let that first cycle crush you, and and let you say, okay, maybe I won't try this again, which I hope our listeners do not do um, our do biggest point <laughs> of having this, our biggest point of having this episode is to motivate you to keep yeah. going. Obviously you have pretty grind. We have Alyssa too. Who's, who's a big, who's a big uh, a proponent now advocate for that because of her experience. But we right. want you guys to, to try to better yourselves. And if it means retaking classes, that's okay. Like a lot of people have had to do that. Like, don't, don't see that as a downfall. If it means, you know, reconfiguring how you describe your story, the things, I mean, like, there's so many little things that we can work on and do just so that you, you become a better, you know, a better candidate for physical therapy school. But getting into physical therapy school is only the vehicle to where you want to be. So you first of all have to, as we said earlier in the podcast, you have to want it. You have to know why you're in it. Because at the heart of it, it doesn't matter if it takes five applications, 18 applications, like, if, if you really want it, it's going to become apparent sooner or later. And your story just becomes a testimony after that for many, 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 many other pre PT
2: students. Yeah. And I think that anybody who, you know, didn't get in the first year and then I discouraged, kind of the flip mm-hmm. perspective on it, you know, if I would have gotten in that first year, I didn't put in half as much work as I did the second year. And I don't know mm-hmm. if I would have valued my place there as much and if I would have taken, you know, every lecture and every just every opportunity as seriously because the second time around like you'd have to cherish everything that's there you're like I worked so hard for this I'm gonna get the most out of it and I really don't know if I would have taken it so seriously if I got in that first year around because it kind of would have just been Mm. like oh you applied you're in keep going go through the motions but when I had to work for it it made me have to work through it once you got to PT school and I think it made me a better student honestly
1: Mm. So Alessa, you talked a little bit about pediatrics at the beginning of the of the interview, and some students out there might, may be interested in kids or just pediatrics in general, or they might just like babies and, and working okay. with little kids, and they're like, so, so what is this pediatrics thing? Uh, is it just kids with broken arms, uh, 12-year-olds with ACL tears? But uh, Or I might be observing at a pediatric clinic, and they, there's these kids in, in wheelchairs, and and these weird looking crutches, and their parents are coming in and doing all this stuff. Like, what, what do I do as a pediatric physical therapist? I love kids, but I don't really know what it's about. So can you tell, can you tell our audience just a little bit about pediatric pediatrics?
2: Yeah, so a lot of times when I tell somebody who maybe is, you know, in my program or in the medical field, or just a stranger, yeah, I want to work with kids, I want to work in pediatrics, a lot of time it's like, oh, like, football players or baseball players and like I mean yeah they need physical therapy but that's not the kind of interested in. like I'm interested in more of neurological conditions so kids that are born with spina bifida with CP maybe they were in a car accident you know all these different things that is something that's not just okay I'm going to treat you for two months and then you're going to get back to your sport so I think the big thing that I learned first was that this therapy it's you're not going to see huge improvements every time. Like you'll reach a milestone, it's going to be amazing. And then you're going to stay there for a while and it's going to be, you know, trekking along and then another milestone. And then in some of the kids, once they're older, it's really just keeping them functional, keeping them moving. And what I really like about it is that these kids, most of them have had whatever condition it may be for their whole life or for a long time. So they don't know any different. And the purity of their hearts and of their just happiness is so real and it's contagious because they're, you know, just motivated to walk and don't even realize, oh, that this walker is not something that every kid has to use. And they don't see any of their obstacles as negatives. And that's really inspiring to me. Of course, I was very intimidating at first, you know, to see a kid that would come in with all this equipment and braces and some of them would be hooked up to a vent or have their feeding tube, like all these things that you're not used to. And it can be super intimidating, but everybody that's involved, the parents, the nurses, the kids, they're open to, you know, talking about it and teaching you or me as a student about it. And the kids really just love therapy. I mean, obviously there's there are things they don't like. Not every kid likes to be stretched or certain exercises, but you really get to be creative with pediatric therapy. And that's what I love about it. You can turn anything into a game. When you see those goals, like there's, I've seen so many parents cry because they're like, I never thought I'd see little Johnny go up the stairs. And you're like, I did that. I got little Johnny up the stairs and it's just a really yeah. rewarding thing. It's really different. And a lot of people like, Alyssa, it's so sad. How do you cope with the fact that this kid maybe will never walk or this kid maybe is not going to live past the age of 15. And it's just something that their genuine happiness helps you look past that. And I've experienced some sad situations, but it's, I don't know, it's just you're able to really look past it because of how amazing every single family I've met with a child with special needs is. And it's just a great environment to be around. I'm obsessed with it. And I think what's really cool about pediatrics um, more than what I've experienced so far is there's a lot of interprofessional collaboration there because most of these kids are not just going to have just PT. They're going to be seeing maybe a speech therapist, an occupational therapist, maybe a behavioral therapist, All and all of them are going to come together. And I learned so many things about the other professions, and we would kind of just use it in our PT treatment naturally when I was the tech. And it was like, yeah. when I to school, I was like, wow, I know so much about these other little Little details that you can incorporate as a physical therapist that you don't mm-hmm. learn in school, but you learn just from working with the other professions, which is a cooperative sure. in itself.
1: That was perfect. So, if you are interested in pediatrics and all you've seen are, you know, little babies out mm-hmm. there or, or, you know, baseball player injuries, uh, uh, hit a list up and ask more questions or dig a little There's deeper. More. And because and, it's probably a lot more uh, intense and rewarding than you ever would have thought of. Um, so thank you. That was perfect. That was perfect. Um, so for our last two questions, one that I'm going to ask is about study strategies and, and some people or everybody has to find their own way is what, you know, we've been told and everybody kind of does, but what if that, what if that way is failing somebody right now and they're on their second cycle or third cycle of applying and they can't get that grade up? Uh, what has Alyssa used, as study strategies, as a pre-PT and even in PT school to, to get her this far?
2: So a big thing for me, two big things. First, for me, is scheduling. Like, I need to have a planner that's organized and I see everything that I need to, you know, get accomplished for that week, for that day in front of me. And I feel like that's something I neglected a lot in undergrad. I was just like, oh, okay, I'll deal with it the night before class. And I realized the more I planned out and the more I took the time to make a schedule, the better I did. And just like keeping myself organized. But even bigger than that, what was the best for me, and I really didn't figure it out until PT school, and I wish I would have done it more in undergrad, was finding people that study like you. So I have a couple people in my program, and we know that when it's exam week, we're going to kind of do our own thing at first, get our notes together, get ourselves ready. And then we're going to get together as a group and really collaborate. And I feel like talking things out because everything in physical therapy, you can have a conversation about. And when you start talking about something you're studying and someone else input something you didn't realize, and then when you're struggling with something, they can explain it. And I feel like studying in that group setting was a dramatic change for me. And I could literally see it in my grades for where I studied by myself. to once I realized, hey, let me study with this girl. And then the grades just went up, you know, because the more you study with other people, the more you learn. So I think that's like my number one study tip. I can't study by myself anymore. For boards, I'm going to be attached to someone's hip.
0: <laughs> and for our last question, uh, we like all of our, all of our guests to look back at a moment in their lives when they were younger. It could be high school for you. It could be when you were a kid. It could be when you were doing your uh, bachelor's degree. This could be before you've been had your um, eighteen applications towards physical therapy school, but look at the younger version of Alyssa and speak to her at this moment. Uh, you know, with a bit of advice or something you've learned over the years that would have been beneficial for you to know that. And the reason why we do that is because at younger version of you is listening. So, what would that be for you, Alyssa?
2: If I was talking to younger Alyssa. She would be lacking a lot of self confidence and. Mm-hmm. Doubt herself on the day to day basis. And that's something that I, looking back, I'm like, I was so hard on myself. I never gave myself credit, even for the wins. I was always, if there was something I could nitpick about myself, I did. And I would say, even up through the applications, through the first year of PT school, even, I was more like a self destructor rather than building myself up. So if I could go back. And even younger, like little elementary school, Alyssa, and tell her like, be confident in yourself because in the end of the day, like you're going to be the internal motivator for yourself. You can have the motivators around you, but as much as someone tells you you're going to do it, if you don't believe in yourself, honestly, I don't think it's going to be as good. And when I really started to finally make it into PT school and start to excel in PT school and, you know, being the girl who loves peds and be that person that displays my passion. I was like, I have a lot to be confident about. And I could go back and be like, Alyssa, be confident. Be sure of what you believe in. That's what I would tell myself. I wish I could. Brilliant. <laughs> I hope little Alyssas are listening out there.
1: They are. <laughs> Brilliant
2: advice.
0: Now for our listeners that want to contact you and communicate with you, where can they find you?
2: The best place is probably on my blog. So my blog is Golden PT blog. And it's, I'll give you guys the link so you can post this. Don't have to type it. Um, And on there, I have a little contact. So if you want to email me, I've been emailing back and forth with a couple of people that read some of my blog posts and they've been motivating me because they, you know, they're using me for motivation, but little they know they're also motivating me because the fact that I'm able to help them is so great. So you can email me on there and we can chat back and forth and you can check out my blog posts. And I want to answer questions and hear stories and celebrate like the next round of people getting into pt school with them
1: definitely well thank you again so much Alyssa, for for taking your time out and, and speaking to the younger versions of not only you but but me and and joseph and whoever else is out there listening because this can be value valuable advice to to pretty much anybody regardless of their situation so everybody you know where to find us at preptgrind at gmail.com facebook Instagram, Twitter, and we thank you again so much for taking your time out and listening to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. We will see you again next week with another episode. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. This is a part of the show where we support the people who support us. First, we'd like to mention Smart Success PT, founded by Greg Todd. This course helps you increase your value and build your brand as a physical therapist. What is Smart Success PT? It's an online course, lifetime access, that gives you step-by-step instructions on how to make more money as a PT, improve your worth to your employer, and gain more time for yourself and for your family by learning the most current leverage strategies as a physical therapist. It also helps you catapult your career, expand your network, and achieve your goals. So check out Smart Success PT. Next, I'd like to mention newgradphysicaltherapy.com in conjunction with covalentcareers.com. New Grad Physical Therapy is an online platform that offers you content with topics including careers, clinical skills, licensing, grad school, insurance, residency, and they even have an audio series to help you study. The parent company to New Grad Physical Therapy is Covalent Careers. This is a sophisticated web platform that helps PTs find the right opportunities and jobs after PT school. Their main goal is to be the champions for new grad physical therapists, helping them cross the void from student to new PT, especially in regards to career resources. They have tons of helpful content for both job seekers and employers. It is meant to inform both on how to identify what is the best match for both parties. And to make that happen, the platform also allows you to start networking and communicating with potential employers well before graduation. It's a great way to explore employment options well before that stressful time of actually having to find a job. Sign up for your free profile at covalentcareers.com. Use my code CASEY2017. That's Casey2017. If you're skeptical on why you should use my code or anything like that, don't worry, it's just a way for us to track how well this message is reaching you. So sign up and I'll see you inside. Next, I'd like to mention fitbucks.com, F-I-T-B-U-X. This is an online financial platform that helps you map your financial future before, during, and after PT school. So go check them out, F-I-T-B-U-X, FitBucks.com. Lastly, I'd like to mention HealthSnaps.com. It provides video and messaging for you and your patient. Telehealth is here, telehealth is the future. Go check them out, HealthSnaps.com. Now many of you may be wondering on why Pre-PT Grind is promoting things that seem unrelated to pre-PTs. Well that's where I beg to differ. These resources are very much related to pre-PTs and their success. This is where pre-PT grind separates itself. Our goal is not just to get you into PT school, but our goal is to make sure you thrive once you're in and beyond. This is not a 16 week class that gives you a final exam then sends you on your way. We have you set up all the way to the end of the journey. So stick with us Keep listening, and we've got you covered. Thank you again so much for listening to the Pre-PT Grind podcast. We will see you very soon.